Hello there. Welcome to the Iceland Travel Podcast. I'm your Icelandic host, Skuli Arason. In this podcast, we'll learn something about Iceland from people who can give us some great insights. On our excellent homepage, icelandtravel.is, there are many informational blogs, articles about Iceland, and of course, a great variety of tours, many of which include the Golden Circle, where we find ourselves in today's episode. I recommend that you check it out for all your Iceland travel needs. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube as well. Press those like and subscription buttons and get all the Iceland content and inspiration we have online. In this episode I meet Knutur Rapn Arman, founder and owner of the family farm of Friðheimar in the village Reykholt in South Iceland. Friðheimar is a great place to experience the integration of greenhouse farming, the Icelandic horse, geothermal energy and green practices in general. I for one recommend the tomato soup with a tomato pale ale. Yum! Hello, Gnutur. Hello. Thanks for welcoming us here at uh, Friðheimar. Yeah, very welcome. Nice to host you. Thank you so much. Uh, this is, of course, you can always call this, this the center of the Icelandic tourism area. Yeah, we can say Golden Circle is a quite popular place to, to visit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are lucky that we are not far away from Reykjavík, so it, it doesn't take more than one hour to, to drive from Reykjavík to, to our place. Exactly. And here around us is many, many interesting places to, to visit. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is Reykholt, which is kind of a village in between some of these places, for example. Yes, we can say so, and, and the good thing is that it's a short distance between like I said, interesting places and Reykholt is uh, one of the villages which you can find in the in the area in the Golden Circle, uh, and uh, we would mean we like to mean that we are in the heart of the Golden Circle, but I don't know. <laughs> I would say so. I would say so mm. definitely because the Golden Circle. When you drive, for example, for those of you listening are not familiar with the Golden Circle, basically often you start from Reykjavik. Mm-hmm drive either through Thingvöllir, the national park, then through maybe Lova, out to Gullfoss and Geysir, and often back uh, on another road in the area, so to speak. So, Yes, you can you can drive it on different ways, but uh, we can say you, you can start from, from Reykjavik to take Thingvöllir, or you can take the other way uh, through, through Kveragerði and, and up. Grimsness and then, then you come also through through our place. So, so the good thing is that we are we are uh, with the main road, so you don't have to take any extra road to to visit Reykjavik or or Friðheimar. Mm-hmm. So 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 we, we are just at the main road, so so that that helps too. Yeah, uh, and this is such an interesting place for many reasons, uh, Friðheimar itself, because. Uh, that's built very gradually from maybe being more of a farmer's thing into straight tourism yes, in many ways. Yes, 
I mean, Raycult is uh, built up from, we can say the, the heart of Raycult is built uh, with, with the greenhouses because we have a lot of hot water in Raycult. Mm -hmm. Raycult, if we translate it to English, it's a smoky hill, we can say. So, smoky hill. <laughs> and that means that we have, we have a lot of hot water in, in the ground here and that's why we have uh, we have some greenhouses and Friedheimer is an old greenhouse nursery which was starting in 1946. Okay. And we can say uh, the, the heart of Raycott is the our spring, our hot spring, uh, which comes up every 10 minutes with a lot of water. Mm. And here, here in the old time the water was just going uh, on the ground. Yeah, basically, yeah, so it's, so it's, it's almost like uh, every 10 minutes there's a small eruption or, or yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it it get come up uh, average about 14 liters per second so it's okay. a lot of water yeah and around 1925 the farmers here in, in Regal decide to try to catch the water mm. so they put a concrete on the top of the geyser and, and make a pipe from there into a tank yeah and then they make a from that tank uh, pipe to to this uh, new greenhouses which they were starting to build, okay. to 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 try to to use the hot water to heat up both the houses and the and the greenhouses. So that's how it how it started, mm -hmm. and that is uh, we can say uh, what make it possible to be growing uh, vegetable in greenhouses in Iceland is to have this hot water in the ground. It's. Uh... It's so interesting for many ways because, of course, people think about Iceland being really cold and terrible conditions for many things. And also, I find it interesting sometimes to realize how young the country is, well, how young the culture and uh, the development of everything has been. Mm -hmm. So this, for example, in 1946 started being used for greenhouses. But before the Second World War, mm -hmm. Iceland in general wasn't that evolved, you know with electricity and flowing water and everything, right? So, so the greenhouse culture has been, basically been hand-in-hand hand with the history of the modernization of Iceland in many ways and really to the benefit of, of, of us being able to have fresh vegetables mm -hmm. uh, unlike probably many other countries or areas in the northern hemisphere of the earth, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. The the first greenhouse was built in Iceland in 1923. Okay. That was in the, in in Mosfellsdalur, close mm -hmm. to Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. So the first harvest they had 24, and uh, first they started with tomatoes and cucumber. Yeah. And they say it took many years to teach Icelanders to eat tomatoes and cucumber <laughs> yeah. because it was something which they have never seen before. Yeah. I mean, in these days they was not import, importing many things, so yeah. so it took took many 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 years to teach them to eat that it's it's so nice to hear this because uh, we as a country of course have we had a very monotone diet before this time i yeah. mean people only ate mostly lamb right yeah. potatoes lamb potatoes, fish, lamb, fish some fish and the fish started coming in pretty late actually because the the farmers culture was so dominant that mm -hmm. fish was like ah, it's not like proper food or something but then, of course, this came, and this reminded me of my family. My family comes from this area, uh -huh. and uh, my mother, she was telling me the other day about that she found it very strange that when they had chicken, 
Uh, yeah. Chicken was just a new thing, probably 1970 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and they didn't know what to do with it, so they boiled the chicken. And she was not very fond of chicken. You know? All yeah. Now, all, the, all the people in Iceland from doesn't eat chicken because yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were raised up that it was always boiled, that it didn't taste good, and uh, yeah, it's, it's so not good meat. <laughs> and and we, we, the, the development with food in general has been so interesting because we uh, all these new things have been coming very gradually to Iceland, mm. but now, of course, we have a little bit of everything. For example, just here in Friðemar, you can get s- such a variety of interesting foods. Yes, and uh, the, the good thing about Iceland is that also that we we have so healthy, good food in Iceland. I mean, agriculture, vet, uh, horticulture, it's, uh, it's so high standard. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is uh, the good thing, and we can say like in, in our greenhouses where we are using the hot water to heat up the houses, we, we use the electricity to make it possible to be growing all year round, because in Iceland we have to make sun, we don't yeah. have so much sun, <laughs> and we use the, uh, our green uh, electricity, all made from the cold water and the, the, the hot water, mm-hmm. so we can be really proud in Iceland that all our electricity are green making. Yeah. So we use that to, to grow tomatoes all year round, but mm-hmm. also we can do it on so healthy, good way. We, uh, we, we don't have many bugs which we have to fight with. I mean, we are an island and far away from everywhere that north, mm-hmm. so, so we can easily control uh, with biological pest control. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to spray anything. Also that uh, tomatoes are 92% water. And in Iceland, we have so much good quality cold water coming from the mountains, so we can we can water our plant with the same good water that we are drinking in our houses, mm-hmm. and that gives us a good quality of, of, of fruit. Yeah. And then, of course, we are close to the market, so the tomatoes which we pick here in the morning, we start seven, the tomato truck comes at ten, he's in Reykjavik at two o'clock, the yeah. tomatoes can be in the supermarket at five, mm-hmm. you can be there, yeah. taking them home, so you can have an onion dish in the same type of day that we are picking. Yeah. And that's uh, that's amazing, because uh, that gives us op- opportunity to, to let the tomatoes get red on the plant, because the more mm-hmm. red we can... Let it be on the plant, the more more tasty it is, but it, it's shorter the time which you can keep it. Yeah, so like for example, and then you have in Icelandic supermarkets, uh, the European tomatoes and such, of course, and those, for example, they are then green, perhaps when they're packed or made ready, and they're made to get red on the way to Iceland, you know? Yeah, if you're going to, to transport them for a long distance and yeah. you have to keep them on stock for some days, then you have to pick them, maybe not exactly green, but they have to be little, little red. Yeah, yeah. If they have already started to, to take a little color, yeah. they will continue, but they will have much, much less taste. Okay. So, but if you take them red from the plant, then you have much more taste. So you should always buy local. That's, yeah. Doesn't matter where you are in the world, you have to, you, should, you should do that. And I recommend to you guys uh, coming to Iceland, you can see when you're in the supermarkets of Iceland, you can see the Icelandic vegetables that are often marked. You know, of course, with Icelandic letters and such, but also in your case with. Uh, your family photo. Yes, yes, yes. We, we decided that for many, many years to, to, of course, we market with our logo. So we pack the vegetable, we market with our logo. And we even put a picture of me and my wife on the backside of the packet. Yeah. And I think it's really important to make the, 
the way between the farmer and the buyer as short as possible. Mm -hmm. Also, I can hear more and more how people, how much people appreciate it to the, know the background of the food with their eating. Of course. I mean, you are what you eat, and if you're going to live a healthy life, you have to eat a healthy food, and then it's really good to know where the food is coming from. Yeah. Uh, we pack it, and, and but we of, of course like to take really good care of our nature, so we choose uh, an, uh, that kind of packaging. So we have a we use paper a lot, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and also now we have changed the plastic to PLA, which is one yeah. of the compostable. Mm -hmm. So 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 that that helps also. Yeah. So basically, uh, you are not only people can enjoy Friedhammer even though they're not at Friedhammer, so to speak. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we we both have. Uh, Trying to get to the to the to the market every day, and also we have a, a nice kitchen because we have we have an open farm, so mm -hmm. we we can say uh, we bought Friedheimer in 1995, so we have been here for 25 years, mm -hmm. me and my wife Helena. Mm -hmm. And the first years we was uh, just growing tomatoes and breeding horses, mm -hmm. but then for 12 years ago we decided to open up the farm to to invite guests to come here both to see the horses because they are the Icelandic horses very very unique and, 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 and famous so we, we we have a horse show and stable visit all year round and also we open up our greenhouses uh, with, so we have a lot of people coming here to see how it's possible to be growing uh, uh, Icelandic vegetable all year round and what is so special about it so they get knowledge about that and then we open up our restaurant in the in our greenhouses also mm -hmm. and we can say that by opening up our farm was supposed to be our little side business yeah. <laughs> but uh, it turned to be that like last year it was getting for three four times bigger than our main business yeah. so first year we had 900 guests coming here that was the year 2008. Last mm -hmm. year we had uh, 180,000 guests coming, and it feels so. Uh, so it's so, it feels so warm for a farmer to feel that how many people have interest to come to the farms yeah, and see what I mean, we are doing there, and also it shows us opportunity to twist together like a agriculture and a tourism because I think it's so something which so many people have interest for, mm -hmm. and if you have a twist into it like a food experience. Yeah. Then, then you even have, have more more people who like to, to join that. And I can say for myself, when I'm traveling, yeah. where I'm looking up for places like that. Yeah. So that's what we are trying to create is some kind of, uh, in our restaurant, is some kind of food experience, getting knowledge about the background of the food which you're, which you're eating. Yeah. And then you know that the food is tasting uh, differently. Exactly. It's, uh, it's such, it, it basically makes the food better. It, it, yeah, it does, I yeah. would say so. And also it gives us opportunities also to be really eco-friendly because we are sending to the market about one ton of tomatoes every day. Mm -hmm. And we are getting five, six percent what you can call a second class tomatoes. It yeah. doesn't look good for the market, but they taste exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Also the green tomato, we didn't get red when we take out the plant because we change the plant two times per year. We take them also into our kitchen. Yeah. And we make some goodies both for our restaurant mm -hmm. and also for our little tomato shop. So we are sending all around the world uh, uh, goodies from from our 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 uh, kitchen. 
like tomatoes, uh, barbecue sauce, uh, soups, uh, dessert sauce, chutneys, uh, drinks, yeah, many things. Exactly. I, I find it so interesting that you have these different uses of the tomato. Mm -hmm. So, for example, just like you mentioned, all these uh, jarred products, which which go you can buy here in the gift store and yeah, also, yeah. of course, in the some supermarkets, right? Some yeah, of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. But then, then. Two things on the menu, of course, the, the most famous thing is your tomato soup, uh -huh. which comes in many varieties. It's uh -huh. the basic type and it's, of course, a unique experience to have it, the soup where it's made, so to speak. You have the tomato plants just next to you and uh -huh. then you're eating from the plant, basically. And you also have uh, basils on the tables that uh -huh. people can just chop directly yeah, yeah. into their soups. Yeah which is also gives you a great connection with the food, I would say. And then you have these stranger items on the menu, such as your dessert dishes. <laughs> yeah, we had tomato ice cream, which maybe people have not tried before. Yeah, it sounds crazy uh, to yeah, some. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also at our bar, we have uh, tomato beer. Tomato beer. Yeah, that is exactly. uh, one of our most popular, uh, what we are selling. We have also our our Marys. We have our famous one. We have five Marys in the house. Okay, the, the Marys. Marys, yeah, mm. Mary. We have the fam Our famous one is a Bloody Mary. Okay. Then we have Virgin Mary, Happy Mary, and Healthy Mary. Mm. And our newest Mary, which came on the menu last winter, is a Mary Poppins. Oh, Mary Poppins. He comes in an umbrella, probably. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> singing so, and dancing. Singing and dancing. So so. Uh, that is also something nice, but we can say that the, the menu, the, the whole menu is from the plant which you're sitting beside. Yeah. And that is the, the, one of the unique things. You are sitting basically in, the, in, a, in a greenhouse, mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in a normal greenhouse. So while you're having your lunch, our stuff can be working in the plants. Uh, it's nothing fake. It's just <laughs> like it is in really a, yeah, reality. Yeah. And then the menu is based on the, on, on the, on the tomato plants, uh, the tomatoes. <sighs> And our, our speciality, like you said, is our tomato soup uh -huh. on a buffet with home-baked bread. Mm -hmm. And then you can change the soup by taking some soup sticks to put into it. We have cheese, chicken, seafood, vegetable. Mm. And then we have all the kind of uh, tomato dishes. We have pasta with homemade pasta sauce and pesto. We have tortilla with tomatoes and mozzarella. We have mushrooms with tomato-based seafood sauce. But it's a, it's a lunchtime restaurant. We yeah. are open from from half past eleven to to four o'clock. Yeah. So so we we are focused of having uh, uh, it's a lunchtime it's a lunch menu, mm -hmm. and uh, all the guests which are coming for lunch they they get a, a short speech about how it about the tomatoes how it's possible to grow them and what mm -hmm. is special about them. And that is uh, the key thing to make this uh, food experience. Yeah, and for everyone, I guess, it's such a nice thing to know food better. Mm -hmm. How it's made, where it comes from, all that kinds of stuff, because we're so accustomed in the modern life just to see things packaged in mm -hmm. the stores. Yeah. So it really, really ties it together that you learn to appreciate the food. Yes, and also, I mean, what we hear also so much is people are thinking so much about sustainable, mm -hmm. to be sustainable, and, and this is a... a, a really good example how 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 it's possible to be sustainable i mean 
uh, we have this green energy to 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 make it happen uh, we are close to the market we use all the harvest mm -hmm. so we we have all these uh, green uh, elements uh, yeah. around us and also what people start to think about more and more is uh, how far have your food been traveling yeah have the food been traveling more than you or is it something which has been grown uh, in your area or in your country mm -hmm. Uh, the carbon footprint uh, is something which has been a lot talked about in here in Iceland. Yeah. And, uh, and there, there is something which we really have to think about because we are going to give the earth to our grandchildren and mm -hmm. it should be in a good shape and we are going to do that. And uh, then we can steer it a lot uh, by what we are buying and how we are buying. Uh, are we buying something which has been traveling around the world or something which has been grown in your area? So that is that matters a lot. Yeah, that matters a lot. And it's of course a great extra feature that it tastes much better as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you get that as a bonus. Yeah, I mean, if you have, because, because I've done these taste testings, you know, with, with some random tomato and then, you know, and I said once and I find that uh, the sweetness, especially, is much uh, more focused in the locally grown tomatoes. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you can yeah. really taste it, the difference. Exactly. And of course, you have many different types of tomatoes also. Mm -hmm. The standard ones and many smaller types. We have, uh, yeah, and then we have, we, we have uh, a big growing also like a plum tomato. Now yeah. we are starting with the heirloom tomatoes, which are the, the old varieties, which are popular in both in France and, and USA. People mm -hmm. from there don't know them very well. Uh, we are also, uh, but our speciality, uh, what we are getting more and more known for on the market in Iceland is our little tomatoes, which are called piccolo. Yeah, and I buy them all They are really extremely tasty. Yeah. And, uh, and piccolo is a variety which is uh, grown in in, uh, in many countries. Mm -hmm. uh, we can say the seeds company, which are, are, are making the seeds, are located in France. Mm -hmm. It's called Gauterseed. And they had that vision that they would like to 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 find a, a high quality grower in each country to take good care of these uh, seeds uh, yeah. to to be growing them as a high quality project. So they they make a club around it, and we are partner of that piccolo club. So mm. so so that is uh, what also does it special that we have a meetings. Uh, uh, two times per year, which we go to each other, uh, sharing information about how it's uh, best to grow them and uh, mm. how, how we are doing, and uh, all about to to maximum the quality of the of the fruits of yeah. the tomatoes. Excellent. These are the small ones, the piccolo, like yeah. the small yeah. in Italian. It's like the end of a thumb. Yeah, 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 yeah. That kind it's of about, size. Yeah, yeah, it's a short. It's about fifteen to twenty grams tomato. So it's very convenient for salads and yeah. yeah. And yeah. now we were starting to sell them also on wine. Yeah. Uh, in some kind of uh, oh, yeah. paper packets, uh, mm. it looks like a gift gift box. Like a gift box, and it makes it even more natural. Yeah, you yeah, can basically yeah. pick it from the vine itself, from yeah, the branch. Exactly. Yeah. Looks great, and the, the the very environmentally friendly packaging on those. Yeah. Remember that, that's great. And of course, when people come here, they can have a little bit of a natural connection because you have the horse element and the greenhouse element. Mm -hmm. Often mixing these things together. Yeah, I mean, that, that's great. I mean, we are, we are, on, are, a, are a farm in the, in the countryside and horses is uh, one of our passion. Mm -hmm. we, have, 
We have about 47 horses at the farm, so okay. we have a small breeding. We yeah. have three prize mares which we take two stallions every year. Okay. And if you're lucky, we get three foals. Yeah. Uh, and we, we quality foals. Yeah, quality yeah. foals. Yeah. <laughs> and then we train them, and some of them we sell, and some of them we keep for ourselves. Yeah. So that is a small part of our 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 you can say mm -hmm. business, but. Uh, uh, the, uh, also, what we did with our stable is that we made a, a, a special open stable, which is uh, easy to welcome visitors to come there. We have a, a ring, a track outside of the stable. Mm -hmm. So in the summertime, from from May to October, we have a horse show. Yeah. And that's a 15 minutes horse show uh, with music, uh, with explanation. We have it available in. I think it's about 14 languages. Okay. So if you come from China, it's in China speaking. Oh, wow. If you come from French, it's in French speaking or English speaking or German speaking. C'est parfait, ça. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, then we are, it's like a, it's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a show. We started writing with the flag. Our, our children often take a part of it. People really like to see young ones writing also. Of course. Uh, we are showing all the five gates which the Icelandic horse is famous for. Mm -hmm. And then we are showing special Especially the Tult. Uh, Tult is the yes. gate which has the courses. There's not even thing. an English name for that gate. No, no. <laughs> it's just Tult. And it's, it's so smooth yeah. and nice to write it that we are writing with full glass of beer mm. to, sh to show how, how, how amazing it is. And then we are ending the show taking some pace sprit because the Icelandic horse can do that also very well. Mm -hmm. So it's about 50 minutes show after the show, the, the guests come to the stable, meet the horses, take pictures, mm -hmm. talk to the writers. Yeah. And uh, so we can say it's about 45 minutes visit. Yeah. And this is often often stand by itself or, or it's com combined with the greenhouse visit or the lunch. Which is of course perfect. Yeah, together. Really yeah. Nice, yeah, juicy packet to take it all together. Mm -hmm. But that's uh, that is what we have in the summit. But all year round we are also uh, offering a. Uh, a little bit more simple visit to mm -hmm. the stable, which we call a stable visit. Yeah. And there we, we, we have a speech about the speciality of the Icelandic horse. Mm -hmm. And then, then we show one horse in writing, show all the five gates, yeah. uh, write with the beer. But not to show it, but more like a one horse, and yeah. but then you visit the horses, take selfies, and meet the rider. And, and the Icelandic horse, of course, is very nice to visit. It's not as intimidating as many foreign mm -hmm. horses yeah. because it's smaller. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We we would never use the word pony about our horses, no, but no, no. I've heard other people talk use that <laughs> word. I mean, it's it's not so small, but of, of course, it's very nice to visit. They're very furry sometimes. Yeah, they are really special. I mean, it's a it's a it's a really unique horse breed. Yeah, and we can say uh, it's 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 a uh, it's one of the most pure horse breed in the world because the we we think that the the Vikings they came with the horses here. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they came all because Iceland is an island, so they have to sail to here, and it yeah. was not a big boat which they had, so they yeah. have to have a really good choice which horses they took. So yeah. it only took the very, very, very best ones, mm -hmm. and that's how it started. So it started with a really high quality standard uh, horses, exactly. and, and then it had been breeding, breeding for many, many years. Um, we haven't imported any horses in 1,000 years, so yeah, that's so, why it's so Yeah, that's actually, in 1,000 years, I mean, yeah. after like the year 1,000, mm -hmm. we haven't really imported more horses. No, yeah, it was yeah. just basically the first horses they brought, yeah, exactly. which is crazy because 
if you have been in Norway, I've been in Norway and I experienced the Norwegian type. Mm-hmm. There's a Norwegian type horse, which is kind of white or blonde at least, mm-hmm. and has a very, very stiff, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. stiff hairs. Mm-hmm. Almost reminds me of a zebra or something. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Norwegians, but uh, I found that horse to be kind of rude and not easy to work with. <laughs> Short horse, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah they are three, three, three gated. But yeah. what, what makes Icelandic horse is this five different gates yeah. that they have, which is so unique and special. Yeah. And also, how we, how, I mean, Iceland is a huge, big country, and we are only 350,000 people, so we have, we have so much land. and. What we can do with our horses is that we can let them be in the mountains when they, we, 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 when we are raising them up. I mean, yeah. we don't like to touch them much until we start to train them. So, exactly. So they, when we start to train them, when they are four years old, they are a little bit wild. Yeah. They can be that. Yeah. And that's good because then, then they often pick up characters, mm-hmm. more courage. Uh, but after a few days or a week, they get really calm, fast learning and, yeah. and great to work with. Great to work with. But it's make them that strong characters and they are also different and, and, and... Yeah, very individual. Let's yeah, say, for yeah. example, we have a thing, uh, this is recorded in October, so recently, for example, there was Réttir, mm. which is a thing, well, it's a, it's a time of year during each fall, because also with the sheep, we have these crazy things in Iceland. Mm. Maybe have it in New Zealand, probably, and maybe some other countries, mm. where during the spring, uh, we let all the sheep out. Uh-huh. We basically let them out of our farms and into the highlands. So each country or area of the land has their own area in the highlands, in the mountains, where the sheep roam free during the summer. Uh-huh. And so every fall, the farmers take a few horses, uh-huh. each one with their own, maybe three to five per person or something like that, to switch between horses. Uh-huh. And during that time, when they're gathering the sheep back from the highlands for the fall, for the winter, they experience the different types of horses they're using. Exactly. So they maybe use, I'll say, I'll use this horse to sprint into the mountains to get that crazy sheep that decided to stand on a seal somewhere, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. while other horses wouldn't be good for that, while other horses would be better for just, you know, roaming back yeah, yeah. because they're mildly tempered. And some, because you have to use these tricks to get them to do the nice gates, like tuft, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's much more comfortable than Mm -hmm. the standard ones. Mm -hmm. So you have these different horses that are very different in every way. They are so different. And also it's quite, quite nice is that, uh, I mean, in in Europe and and many countries, when children are starting to ride, they start on small small pony and then they take something a little bigger and then more bigger. But here they are using the Icelandic horses on the the same horse from the beginning. Yeah, and they can form a connection from the first day, basically. And we can say the older horses we often are using for the the youngest riders because they are wise and and know how to react. I don't know, move a little bit slower maybe. So a little bit slower, a little, little more unlikely to do crazy things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we can, yeah, everybody, and also what is so great about this, uh, uh, I mean, if you think about it as a sport, is that, as you, as you know from your family, that mm-hmm. everybody in the family can, can join the sport together. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the young ones, the, the parents, the grand, grandpa and grandmom, they, everybody can, can go for riding together. Yeah. And, and that is uh, quite a unique sport. Yeah, and a unique experience, of course, 
uh, if you visit in Iceland, is to do a little bit of these specially Icelandic things, you know, to experience the horses, mm -hmm. to experience the countryside as it is. And I mean, for example, here at Friðheimar, it, it, it ties very nicely into the hopefully thing that we're all thinking about is to uh, think globally and act locally, you mm, know. Exactly. And I mean, just with the tomatoes, just to diminish the amount of tomatoes eaten away from the site of production yeah. is great. So yeah. we feel really good about eating tomatoes when we're here in Friedemann, for example. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and you have basically, you, you cater for individuals and groups that are arriving, Yes, I mean, we, we started when we opened up the farm the first first year, we, we, we only had groups because that's how we saw it in the beginning. It was uh, easier to, to twist it together to our other work. Yeah. So everything was pre-booked. Mm -hmm. uh, but then we had some people knocking on the door saying, can we also visit you? We well, are not in a group. Well, of course. So we start to rethink it. And, and of course, uh, we like to, to welcome uh, all people. It doesn't matter if they are traveling uh, in a like a family by themselves or, or, or in a group. So we uh, we can say the horse show, stable visit, the greenhouse visit, that is all pre-booked, but mm -hmm. it can be booked as a group or as a family or, 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 or individual. Uh, then we have our restaurant and, and we have of course both there also, both groups coming or, or, or individual which can drop by, but we always in a normal year, we always recommend to to pre-book before yeah. because uh, uh, we are yeah we are we are full booked a big part of the year in a normal year. <laughs> it's a good yeah yeah. So if you're listening in 2022, <laughs> this is recorded during the big COVID year of 2020. Exactly. <laughs> and currently, for example, there's a 20 people maximum limit at each Exactly. Side. Now we are not yeah uh, uh, we are not allowed to to <laughs> have more than 20 guests in our 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 house. Yeah, at yeah. each time. Mm. Yeah. Strange times. Yeah, very strange times. I mean, and of course we expect everything to get back to normal and, and, and you, for example, are doing some adjustments to the whole area here at Friedemar, some new greenhouses. And mm, yes, we can say, uh, like I told you, that the, our side business uh, turned out to be three times bigger on the main business. And, mm -hmm. and last year, uh, we can say we were... We, we have uh, last winter we had 48 people working for us yeah. and we have been uh, really focused for the last three four years to to build up uh, our infrastructure to train up uh, the, uh, the people uh, the managers so, mm -hmm. so we, ha we have been so lucky that we have had so good uh, help from our our staff and we have also good quality people with us mm -hmm. uh, but it have uh, take a lot of energy to to build it up yeah and when this uh, covid came up uh, our first reaction was that we we would do, like to do everything to keep our 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 staff mm -hmm. because uh, that is the heart of the company is our yeah. our staff yeah. and to be able to to go up in again in in the same quality with the same infrastructure, with the same kind of thinking, we would need our staff to help us to do that. Yeah. So our, what we what we thought would be a clever way is uh, is to increase uh, our greenhouses. So we thought in 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 March when we saw what was happening, we 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 went to our neighbor, 
Yeah. And ask him if he would like to sell his land <laughs> because he, <laughs> he he had uh, old old greenhouse nursery which was uh, beside our and he didn't mm-hmm. use it because he he lived in Reykjavik and he just used it as a summer house. Okay. And we asked him if he would have been interesting to to sell it and, and we could we could negotiate with him and they sold his uh, nursery and that was in in, in uh, April. <laughs> And then we have to be quick to draw up a, a new nursery. So so now we have been building uh, uh, 5,600 square meter greenhouses with a new packing area and a new small plant area. Mm-hmm. So we are doubling the, the, our greenhouse uh, square meters. Okay. We have 5,000 square meters here before and now we will have 11,000 after this the building. So we said, okay, we will use this strains here to, 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 to build that up. Yeah. And then we could move some of our staff to the to the building, so they are helping us there. And yeah. when we will have plants in the new house, they will be helping there. Mm-hmm. And when the the guests start to come up again, they yeah. could go back to the to the tourist side of the company, yeah. and we hire in new people to take care of the tomatoes. So that was the big part of to hold the infrastructure, hold the, the quality, yeah. hold our stuff. And uh, but of course it's also tricky to be to building up and, and doing things like that without almost any income. <laughs> so yes. that is the tricky part. It is the tricky part. And I mean this of course applies to basically everyone these days. I mean it's just really hard to to make it until the next pump is over, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. We, th- we thought it, I mean, we had that hope that uh, the autumn would be coming better. Yeah. We, we had a ho- hoping that uh, September, October, November, then then something have, have happened with this. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. It would have opened up a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't look like that. Yeah, it's, it goes up and down, these COVID numbers yeah, yeah, and yeah, everything yeah. around yeah. it, so... Yeah. But we were lucky with the summer. The Icelanders was uh, they they came a yeah. lot lot. They were a lot around in Iceland, and yeah. they we uh, we have been lucky that Icelanders have been visiting us from the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and even more this summer. With Icelanders, it's very popular to take like a Sunday drive out to Friðheimar. Yes, it's yes. a classic thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's basically I think we have a tradition of being Icelanders. We call it Isbiltur mm-hmm. or an ice cream car drive yeah. <laughs> it's a from our, but it's a thing it's a thing in Iceland when a family drives somewhere to get an ice cream but that's been changed in I would say I've seen many people on Instagram and many other places you know doing the Friedheim or Sunday drive yeah. instead tomato soup instead of ice cream yeah. <laughs> or tomato ice cream also yeah so, and, and this summer for example the summer of 2020 has been very interesting for Icelandic tourists I mean I think we, it was a, a, I mean, it was a, a lot this summer. Yes, it was a great opportunity for for many Icelanders to to see what uh, what 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 is possible to do in Iceland because mm-hmm. we can say many of this attention uh, attraction and uh, these things which you could do have been quite much booked and difficult to visit for last years. Yeah, and now it was an excellent time for Iceland to, to see what is possible to do in Iceland and mm-hmm. also for many Icelanders they were seeing uh, some some landscape they have never seen before. Yeah, and also it was a great opportunity for the companies in Iceland to introduce them for, for the Icelanders yeah. because it's so important that. Uh, uh, Icelanders, uh, they, 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 uh, 
uh, visit their own uh, country because uh, mm -hmm. that is something which I think uh, is very important. It's very important for us to connect with the country and one thing that I found really interesting, well, probably in the last 15 years or so, is that along with tourism, of course, we have been doing some great new things around the country in terms of roads and parking lots mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just the way we were able to visit our own country. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, we're young men, Knutur, yes, we are. And, uh, <laughs> and I remember very well how kind of isolated everything was when I was a kid, mm. when I was younger. Yeah. You went somewhere and, and there was just your family in a car and maybe hard to reach. But now if you maybe drive to simple locations, you have walking paths often through very interesting areas of the country. Yeah, yeah. And it's so nice to be able to see the difference uh, in what's available in Iceland because we didn't have, you know, this all the snowmobile trips and the four-wheel drive trips mm. into the glaciers and all mm. those things. That was like something that was impossible back yeah. in the day. Exactly. But now we can do so many things in our own country. It's uh, yeah. it's a privilege, you know. Yes, and also it will be now opportunity to, to see Iceland in the wintertime yeah. <laughs> for Icelanders too. <laughs> I mean, of course they have seen the Northern Lights, yeah. <laughs> but there is something more than just the Northern Lights in the wintertime. Exactly. And um, there is many, many places which is nice to visit in the wintertime also. Yeah. Um, so definitely us Icelanders will be uh, hopefully doing the the Friðheimar Sunday drives all winter <laughs> and, and visiting as much of the country as, as possible. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Knutur, thank you so much for welcoming me and us here at Iceland Travel Podcast mm -hmm. uh, at Friðheimar. Uh, I guess we'll be going now to finish off some uh, tomato beer mm, and some yeah. tomato soup. We have enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming and really nice to, to talk with you. Excellent. Uh, so, remember that everyone, this is a must during your Golden Circle day to, to have a trip here at uh, Friðheimar and, and taste some tomatoes, tomato beer, and have a look at the beautiful horses. Yeah, have a nice welcome. day. Yeah. Welcome. Tack, Madur.